Hello, and welcome back to the Meraki Unbox podcast. Happy New Year. This is going to be our first episode in 2023. I don't know about all you listeners, but I feel like since COVID, it has been a complete time warp. But excited to be back with you again in the new year and start you with an awesome episode. And this is a special one in the sense that we haven't had anyone from our support organization yet on the Meraki Unbox podcast. So we have a guest today from support. So it's going to be a different lens on the business. We're going to talk about different things. So it should be a very interesting episode, and I'm very excited about it. I know I've said this in the past, and I'll keep saying it again. Download, subscribe, listen to the podcast, tell all your friends about it. We have new content that comes out every two weeks. And I don't know if I've already said it, but I'm Sammy Brenner, and I'll be taking you through the episode today. So let's get into it. I can't wait to share the background of our guest. So we have Tanner Yalik, who's been with Cisco Meraki for almost four years now, and he's currently on the network support team as an engineer. Um, His background is in software support, computer repair, and he's actively involved in our employee resource groups at Meraki. Tanner and I actually met about two weeks ago at a Meraki Gives event that was awesome. I moderated a panel with high schoolers, and he was giving career advice. And I thought, this guy has an amazing voice, and we'll get that into that in a second. So Tanner has a ton of hobbies, including playing video games, He commutes to work on his electric unicycle, which actually has speeds up to 50 miles per hour, which is impressive. He plays rugby locally here in SF. And to top it all off, back to his voice, he is a professional voice actor and has actually done voice work for Cisco and hopes to do much more. So without further ado, Tanner, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. We're very excited to have you here. I have a lot of questions about this voice work that you do. We're going to have to get into that. Oh, definitely. Yes. I'll I'll happily talk about it. Okay. So (laughs) um, let's let's start. I always uh, ask this question first. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us your story. How did you land at Cisco Meraki, and why did you get into technology? So it was um, actually quite a story. It's one of my favorite ones to tell. So I was uh, I got hired out at Meraki straight out of college, um, and I was at a recruiting event freshman year, and uh, listening to the support engineers talk about San Francisco and working at Meraki and working at Cisco, and I was like, that's where I'm going to be. When I graduated, I decided I was going to come here, and I worked hard, and I got it. I actually tried for the internship here four times. Wow. Never got it. My fifth attempt was for full-time, and I was uh, – I had studied hard, and I got it, and now I'm here, and I've been here ever since. Wow. That's incredible. You know, I say uh, rejection is divine intervention, and what is meant to be will be. <laughs> so it wasn't a, a yes then, but it worked out, it seems like, seemingly better. You oh, got yeah. the full-time gig. It worked out great. That's incredible. That's awesome. So tell us about your your day job. At, you know, as a as an NSE, which stands for, you know, network support engineer. Maybe some of the folks listening to the podcast, this is their first time hearing about that role or they don't know much about mm-hmm. our support organization. Um, what do you do? What does your role entail? Kind of talk to us about your day-to-day. Um, so it is um Basically, my daily job is to man the phone queues. So uh, we have a couple hundred engineers that are constantly on the phones responding to emails. Um, So whenever one of our customers has a problem, 
when they send in an email, chances are that case might come to me. Mm. And my job is to make an assessment, look at their configuration, get familiar with it, and then also identify the problem that they're describing and try to find a resolution. Either be that, oh, uh, the configuration change that you made was incorrect. Try this instead. Or maybe their configuration is right and there's a deeper problem that we have to identify. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That seems like such a big – I mean, we have a lot of different products. Mm-hmm. So do, did you – I mean, before getting the job, do you have to familiarize yourself with the entire portfolio and kind of figure out common errors that go wrong? Like how do you even prepare? You said you studied really hard for this role. I, yeah. I did. So one of, the, one of the things that I did was just study networking in general because mm. once you have an understanding of networking in general – all you need to do is be able to apply it to each device. So you can look at the configurations and get familiar with that. Because um, just like a Cisco ASA, a Meraki MX is going to be doing similar things. It's just that the ASA has the command line and Meraki has the dashboard. Right. So then you just need to get familiar and translate those things from the command line to the dashboard. And then it's a piece of cake. Mm. And then you get familiar with it. But... Um, I did have to familiarize myself with the entire Meraki stack um, and some things that weren't related to networking at all, like uh, systems manager or our MT devices, the sensors, mm-hmm. um, not related in networking at all, but still related to our devices because it's a product that we support. And support engineers have to be familiar with the entire suite right. of Meraki products. Yeah. And um, we study really hard and we look at all of these issues and we're constantly learning. We're constantly adapting, doing new trainings for any new devices that might come out or any new features or something like that. Right, right. I imagine there's a ton of information sharing, right? If you oh, yes. come up with a solution to a problem, how does that work? How does that network work within support of sharing findings? So we, um, there is a more official way to share our information with each other. But one of the things that I think um, with the way that we share information in support is just right away. As soon as I identify a problem, if I think there's a bigger issue that's going to affect a large number of customers, I'm going to start telling my team right away. I'm going to shoot a message over and say, hey, I'm noticing this issue on the dashboard. Keep an eye out for it. Let me know if you find it. I'm currently writing a report mm. uh, if there's anything like that. Um, but then we also have actual documentation. I'm going to send it over to everyone that I know. I'm going to say, hey, if you experience this issue, try this mm. because this mm. will either be a workaround or this is going to be the solution and how to resolve that. And then also try to provide my explanation that I'll give to a customer and say, hey, it's probably this. And you can explain it that way. Um, So I'm sending messages to all of the support organization. I'll send it to the managers and say, hey, please share this with your teams and everything like that. Yep. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, as you're explaining that, when I think of this role, really the first thing that comes to mind is you need an incredible amount of patience. (laughs) Right. Because as you can imagine, I'm sure you're dealing with people who are calling in who might be really frustrated. Maybe it's a customer. Maybe it's a partner. How do you stay calm in very high stress situations? So that is uh, one thing that I've had to develop over my career because I did. um, I have done desktop support, software support, 
and I've had to develop those skills of patience. And um, it's one thing that one thing that support engineers really need to keep in mind is that these people, uh, people that call in, they're not mad at you. They're mad at this problem. Right. And the reason they're calling you is because they've ran out of options. Mm. Um, so oftentimes the biggest thing that I have to do to stay patient, the mute button on my microphone <laughs> is great. I take a deep breath, go right back into it. Yeah. And sometimes it's really good to get another pair of eyes on it because you'll run into issues that even you can't explain. Even after four years – um, I'll have grabbed all the information and I'll look at it and I'll say, this does not make any sense. Mm. But I'll go to another engineer that's been here just as long and I'll say, here's the information I've gathered. Right. Here's the stuff that I've done so far. What do you see here? Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting a fresh pair of eyes on it while you have to stay patient up to that point. Mm-hmm. It's always good to get a fresh set of eyes because you probably you may have missed something. Mm-hmm. And that's also what support is there to do. Um, to keep in mind that you are that new set of eyes and you have to look at it with a fresh mindset. Right. And that definitely helps resolve problems and it keeps me patient too because I know that if I run out of ideas, there's always someone else that probably has another idea. Totally. And what a – man, that is so applicable in life, Mm -hmm. having a checks and balances, right? Whether you're in sales or support or marketing or any any organization, I think that's such a wise thing. You know, if you can't come up with a solution in the moment, staying calm and leaning on your teammates, right? Mm -hmm. What am I not seeing here? What are my blind spots? Um, So I love that that's just kind of sounds like a part of the culture and support. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So um, we're on kind of troubleshooting, problem solving, figure things, you know, figuring things out. I'm wondering, do you have tips, tricks around troubleshooting for partners and customers that are calling in that are running into problems? Is there something common that you'd recommend that folks do? Um, talk to us. Yeah. So I think the biggest tool and it's um, it's been the biggest tool for for me since coming to Meraki and joining support is the Wireshark integration with the dashboard. Um, so Wireshark is a free tool that you can get online and you can go to the network-wide packet capture page of dashboard and you can do a packet capture on any interface of your devices. You can do, for instance, if you have an MX, one of the firewalls, you can take a packet capture on the internet interface, the LAN interface, the site-to-site VPN interface, And what that does is it's going to capture all of the packets going through those interfaces, and then you can download it to a .pcap file and look use Wireshark to look through everything. Mm. You can filter for a specific client's IP address. You can filter for their MAC address. You could even do specific kinds of traffic. So like if you're trying to – if you're having an issue with your radius authentication Mm -hmm. and you don't know why your clients aren't authenticating – you can take a packet capture on the wired interface of your AP and filter for radius packets. You just type in the filter radius. Mm. And that's going to grab everything from port 1812. And you can look and see those access requests and the access challenge, reject, or accept. Okay. So someone could do this before even picking up the phone and calling support. Exactly. We highly recommend that you do. You know, if you're trying to And we love that people rely on us, but we know that you probably don't want to call in. (laughs) 
um, you want to try and troubleshoot it on your own. Mm -hmm. And while we're happy to teach you how to troubleshoot, if you want to try to troubleshoot this on your own, highly recommend using Wireshark or learning how to use it. Yeah. Because you can resolve so many problems or understand why. So like if you're unable to get that radius authentication, Wireshark will allow you to see is the access point sending mm. that radius authentication request. And if it's not, then you can call us and we can help identify a deeper issue. But if it is and your radius server is not responding, that points you to the radius server. It just allows you to save time. Totally. Yeah, that's a mm -hmm. great tip. Thank you for sharing that. And hopefully someone out there is listening to this and there's a light bulb moment. We love that. Um, so I, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the panel where we met. Um, yeah. So I moderated a panel for our Meraki Gives ERO and Tanner was on that panel and we were speaking to a bunch of 10th graders mm -hmm. and giving them career advice essentially. And Tanner, I remember you talking about liking problem solving from a really early age, mm -hmm. like finding problems, solving problems. You talked about that just being something naturally you kind of gravitated towards. So I'm curious, what lights you up about problem solving? Like, what is it? How long have you been doing it? I think it's so fascinating when people from a really early age kind of discover, I think I know what my career trajectory is. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like solving a really complicated puzzle with parts that move. Mm. And you can't look at the box for reference to the image. Um, computers was something that I just kind of naturally gravitated towards. And for some reason, I could just always get them to work. And I could not explain why. I have since figured out that it's just that I learned where to look. Uh. That I learned where to look first. And the fact that I knew that allowed me to solve puzzles that or troubleshooting problems that other people couldn't. And I just kept going with that and I kept learning it and I just kept learning more and more and it's solving more complicated puzzles and now I'm here doing networking which as a high schooler the same age that we were talking about I didn't know that networking was a thing right until I went to college and started learning it and understanding IP addresses MAC addresses uh, layers one through eight mm -hmm. um yeah, I very, very much enjoy solving those solving those problems and then also teaching other people about the problems and teaching them where to look. I think that's where I get the most enjoyment out of it is being able to solve those problems on my own and then teach other people how to solve those problems, be it another network support engineer or a customer that's just having our time or even just wants to learn about our devices. Right. I very much enjoy those calls where I just get to teach people about the Meraki stack. And, you know, that's why I wanted to sign on with these high schoolers to show them, hey, this is an option. You know, this isn't something that I knew about in high school. I learned about it in college and I went into it and I loved it. Maybe try going my direction. Mm -hmm. You know, give it a shot. Totally. And it was it was a blast. That was actually my first Meraki Gives event. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You were such a natural. It was it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoy working with like the high school age kids. Yep. I actually think if I didn't go into networking, I may have been a teacher mm -hmm. because my mom was a teacher mm. and I used to I used to be a snowboard instructor and I loved teaching kids how to do that, uh, how to snowboard. And then also I learned that while doing uh, the support calls when people were like, oh, how do I do this with your devices? That gave me the most enjoyment, teaching them how to use our devices. So 
um, if I can help the high schoolers and teach them something, mm-hmm. I'll come back every time. Totally. To yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you're able to, I mean, what lights you up about problem solving is not only solving the problem for the customer or whoever it is on the line, but then being able to teach them how mm-hmm. to do that in the future or teach your teammates. Like it sounds like that's your light bulb moment that mm-hmm. gives you that joy and fulfillment. Exactly. Which you get to do every day. Just like I was talking about with Wireshark. Mm-hmm. I've taught people how to use Wireshark and the filters that you use. And I like to think that they've never had to call in again because <laughs> they've been able to solve all their own problems. Although I'm sure they'd love to chat with you. I will be happy to talk with them anytime. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so it's pretty clear from listening to you that you have an incredible voice. Like oh, I'm just going to say it. Right when I started talking to you, that's the first thing that came to mind. Maybe because I majored in broadcast journalism and radio, but I was like, this guy, his voice. Well, thank you. And you said, like, right away, yeah, I do professional voiceovers. That's part of what I do. I have a side gig. You've done work with with Cisco. You got to tell us, like, how did this start? How did you get into it? And can you name some of the projects that you've done professional work on? Yeah. So I got into it actually back in high school. Um, so I signed up for a club called Forensics, which is actually we did competitive speaking and performances. Oh, cool. And before that, I was one of the people that was just afraid of public speaking. I just didn't want to do it. But I had a lot of my friends that were in it. They were like, you're going to be great at it. Do it. And so, like I said, I was a snowboard instructor. I had my whole lesson memorized. That's what I did first is I started in a classroom. I'd bring my snowboard in and I'd teach people how to snowboard. That's how I got into it and I got comfortable doing it. And my highest marks was always in speaking quality. Mm. And so I was like, okay. Maybe I can keep going with this. And then I got into the event called Radio Speaking. And I continued to get those high marks in vocal quality. And then through my band director, I found out of uh, – I learned of a guy named Don, Don LaFontaine who did all of the 90s movie commercials, the inner world, that, that guy. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, you can make a career out of that? And that's where I set my sights on it. Um, so from there, I've been just like spreading word of mouth, being like, hey, guys, I'm trying to do this or now I'm available for hire. And through that, I've gotten uh, I've done work for Cisco. I've done some of our internal training modules about how to deploy uh, the VMXs. And um, I also did the uh, the IVR answering machine for Cisco plus Secure Connect. Mm. So if you call that number, it's me. Amazing. And I did some just some promotional videos internally. Um, but otherwise, I've done I've been a part of a college game uh, from my uh, the college that I graduated from. Alma mater, I think, is the word. There you go. Uh, UW Stout. Uh, they have a game design program and I auditioned for one of the main characters and doing some of the uh, commercials for their games mm-hmm. to promote it. And then through that. And just building up my my demo that I can show off, I did a an online plumber training module for a company. So if you sign up to be a plumber and you take a training module, if you recognize the voice, it's me. It's Tanner. Um, you heard it here first. So I did that. That was a six-month-long project, and it was my first real big project. And it was a great learning experience, and now I'm just continuing to move on from there. I actually just signed on with a YouTube channel 
to do that does like historical and science videos. Oh, cool. Like three to five minute videos. And we're going to be starting that in new, in the new year, um, which if I can say the name, it's uh, Volumes of Origin. And we'll be starting that in the new year. I'm really excited to work with them on that. Awesome. You have to send me your stuff once it's live. I 100% will. I'm, I'm like your number one fan. Now I'm really putting you on the spot because this is we're going off script here. But do you have any like really good impressions? I, for some reason, I feel like you're an impressions guy. I did uh, start with impressions because I, um, I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I do voices for all my characters. Um, but I started doing character voices by doing impressions, and I haven't done, I haven't been practicing them a lot recently. But I think my best one, like Scoob, like how are you doing today, man? Or I made up my own character voices uh, for my characters. Um, I do Wong. This is Wong, my character that I played for a year and a half. And then the next character I did. His name was Fuzi, and I would talk like this the whole time because he was a monkey. And <laughs> These um, are awesome. So I came up with my own voices, and I have to get back into impressions because I haven't been doing them a whole lot recently. You have to get back into them. You have to. Uh, you're, you're a natural at it. Um, <laughs> I do a really good Dr. Evil impression, but I'll save that for another, <laughs> I'll save that for another podcast episode. Um, so you mentioned, and we kind of talked about this, you know, a little bit, but I want to go back to, uh, Meraki Gives and volunteering yeah. and kind of your passion. You mentioned it around high school kids and earlier in career, um, what is it for you about volunteering and giving back and especially, you know, the community we have here at Cisco Meraki, which I think is pretty amazing that we're encouraged to take VTO, right, volunteer hours. Um, you know, what what is it about giving back that is really impactful to you and especially that that age range? So Cisco and Meraki, we have a, a huge network of companies, businesses, organizations nonprofits that we can reach out to that use our devices, we can reach out to them and find some way to give back. And I think it's great that uh, Cisco encourages taking that VTO, volunteering, finding some way to give back in the community. And I think the way that I like to do that is definitely to work with high schools and find uh, any schools to continue to work with because schooling is how I got uh, into networking. It's mm -hmm. how I got into doing voiceovers, voice acting, finding those um, or having someone point you in the right direction and maybe even in a direction that you didn't know that you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. um, having that there and having those opportunities, that's how I like to give back. Um, providing unsolicited advice to kids that don't even know they need it um, is probably my favorite thing to do. But I absolutely love that we have all of these resources to go out and say, find how you want to give back in the community and do that thing. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I think what's cool about um, this company, not only do they allow us to do that and mm -hmm. flex that muscle and volunteer, but there's so much opportunity at Cisco Meraki just in general when it comes to career right? And changes and trying new things. And you came on as a network support engineer. And we were talking before we hit the record button, you have some, you know, exciting new career paths and updates. Um, let me ask Tanner, like, what is your long-term vision? Where do you see yourself growing your career? What's the future look like? 
So actually, by the time this episode airs, I will actually no longer be in support. I will have moved to the MX product team. I'll be the platform uh, TME, technical marketing engineer for them. I just got the official offer earlier this week. And so I'll be moving there at the start of the new year. So that's where I'm going for the next uh, for the next five years, really long term. I'm hoping that I can really grow my career as a as a voiceover artist, as a voice actor, and start doing that full time. But also hoping to continue doing uh, work for Cisco, the company that really gave me my professional start. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of the ten year plan. But right now, I'm just focusing on learning as much as I can to try and do as well as possible in the new role yep. that I'm taking over. And I, uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to prove myself That's because incredible. I've been in support for four years and I've really proven myself to myself mm-hmm. um, that I could do it because when I was coming out of college, I had a pretty a, a decent understanding of networking, but I had room for improvement. And then starting here, working on these problems, troubleshooting, and continuing to learn networking, I was able to get my CCNA something, I, the Cisco Certified Networking Associate, um, something I didn't think I was going to be able to do in college. But I came here and used my resources through Cisco, and, and I was able to do that and get that. And then I've been continuing to improve and get even better as a network support engineer and now a fresh start in a new role continuing to learn, continuing to do even better. Absolutely. That's so exciting, by the way. I was doing a silent clap for you over here. Thank you. Congratulations on the new role. Thank you. How did that opportunity kind of come to you? I mean, had you been talking with those teams? I think this is something, you know, I want to use this podcast too as a recruiting platform. You can change roles, right, within Mm -hmm. Cisco, within Meraki. You can try new things. You are encouraged to take risk and push yourself. So, you know, for those folks who are out there listening who maybe want to make a career move or feel inspired by the the change you're making, how did that come about? So support is a is a great stepping stone to get into Cisco, to get into Meraki. But once you're here, everyone is so friendly. I have made so many friends since starting here and coming back post-COVID, seeing everyone that I didn't really get a chance to interact with, but now I do every day. I have made so many cross-team friends, connections, professional connections, Mm -hmm. everyone's constantly talking. And, you know, if you want to come here and work at Meraki, but you don't know how to get in, going into support and learning all of our devices and having to learn networking in general, it kind of shows you which direction that you can go. And so, yeah, I was talking with all of those teams, um, the person who just took over as the hiring manager, we talked to him. And then when those roles open up in other positions, usually support is the first place that they go. Ah, they say okay. uh, they look at the people that they've been talking to that they know are interested and say, hey, this role is opening up on this team. You should apply. Right. And then you apply. You go through the interview process and support. Obviously, it's a fair interview process. You know, you're going to be assessed uh, fairly. But you have a a leg up on the competition because you're constantly looking at these devices. You're constantly working on them. You know where the pain points are for some people and you know what some people – you know what people love about them. And then you know where people want it to go in the future. You know those feature requests because people are constantly requesting and saying, hey, 
it should do this. And you go, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go tell that team. So it's, um, it's a great stepping stone to get onto those other teams and also being able to just talk to them daily, right. either professionally or just as friends. Yeah, absolutely. Using that network, cultivating that in-office, right? You and I are both in the recording studio right now, and you can't really recreate this kind of thing, right? I know, mm -hmm. you know, COVID changed things and we went virtual, but I love this hybrid environment because to your point, you're making connections in the cafeteria and you're walking up to someone and grabbing coffee and, mm -hmm. you know, way to go that you really utilize your network, no pun intended, <laughs> to get to that next step and meet meet people on different teams. And that's such a valuable skill set and it's only going to serve you throughout your career. Um, so we're, we're winding down and I usually like to end with some sort of you know, call to action for our listeners if they're feeling inspired. I think, you know, the biggest takeaway um, chatting with you today is like, don't be afraid to just jump in and learn, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's uncomfortable or you're not sure how to do it, or maybe you're intimidated by the portfolio and the technical stack. I mean, for me, that's not my strong suit. I wouldn't say I'm the most technical person in the world, but where do where would one start, right? If they wanted to learn not not only more about the support organization, but recommendations for um, brushing up on product knowledge or wanting to learn dashboard a little bit better, right? Or a partner maybe wanting to start an MSP practice. Like in your expertise, where would you recommend folks go to to get more information? I highly recommend reaching out. You could reach out to support if you have questions about our devices. That is what we're there for. We are there to support you. So. If you want to learn how to do something um, with our devices or you want to learn Dashboard more, give us a call. Send us an email and we will work with you. Otherwise, we have a great documentation page. Our documentation is fantastic. It is thorough. When I'm troubleshooting an issue, I'm going to pull up a page related to that mm -hmm. just in case. Will I always need it? No. But I can always reference it if I need to. And um, – our documentation covers everything. And if it's not covered in there, give support a call. And we will try our best to find it for you. Awesome. I love it. I know I'm a huge fan of the Meraki documentation. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm on the phone with customers, like I'll pull it up. MR documentation comes right up on Google. So love that. Um, Tanner, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, best of luck on all the voice acting. You got to come back. You got to give us updates once you make it big. Certainly. Absolutely. Don't forget about us. Don't forget where you started. Um, but that wraps up another episode, folks, of the Meraki Unbox podcast. Huge shout out and thank you to Tanner for being our guest today. Um, Happy New Year, folks. We have such exciting content coming out in the next couple weeks, including our 100th episode, which will be a very, very special one. So stay tuned for that. Take care out there and we will see you in two weeks. 